Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily, and joining us on this show is Emmanuel from Austin, Texas, out of Fit Body Bootcamp. What's going on, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Emily. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on the show today and see what value you're going to be able to add to our listeners. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit about how you run Fit Body Bootcamp and also what made you want to start your gym in the first place? Yeah, so how we do our our, our gym here, we're 30 minutes high intensity interval training bootcamp. Um, we know we work with clients that are about 35 to 55 in age range and that are typically new to fitness. Um, so we're helping them from, from the ground up, introducing them to that. And at the same time, we also work with the clients that are, are more in the, uh, the the intermediate space as well. And um, and what we got us into fit body or what got us into this industry is, um, you know, I was looking for a passion. I was looking to to find something that I was that I could consider my calling. And in my past life, I was doing a lot of corporate jobs that I wasn't getting a lot of fulfillment from, you know, it was paid well. But at the end of the day, you know, I felt it was a little empty, didn't feel like there was anything that really held me down there. And whenever I was exploring options, I had a passion for fitness already. So it was a little bit easier to find my way to it whenever I was able to kind of figure out where I want to do. And, you know, with some nudges with of some friends and family, then they kind of helped me help me find that help me find that that uh, my footing there and you know that led me down to this fitness uh led me down to the fitness path there um to be able to really get that fulfillment by working with clients and on a close space there yeah so how how did you come up with the decision to franchise with fit body bootcamp yeah so i i definitely did my homework, explore all the options, you know, going on my own and then also doing uh franchising and franchising. So let me ask you was, before you, I'm sorry, let me, I have a question about that. So sure. you explored the option of going out on your own, like ultimately, why did you decide to go even before you decided on the company? Why did you decide to go franchise route versus on your own? Yeah. So I decided to do that because um, looking at the options, doing my homework, I'm, I'm a big analytical numbers guy. So I like to see the data and, and, and what works for, for a lot is the franchising was just a better fit because it did provide the, kind of the groundwork of, of that. It provided support and being new to fitness. I knew I was going to need that support and doing it on my own while it sounded like the, the dream job, the dream thing that I really wanted to do, it really was not going to get, I wasn't going to be able to get that support that I really needed because everything was so new to me in that industry. Um, that being said as well, like my, you know, a lot of everything was new. So I also wanted to find ways to impact clients. And then knowing that FitBody already had a, a foundation for that and, and how they have a, how they have their system, then it was just a plug and play kind of thing there that made it, I wouldn't say easier, but it definitely made the things move, move a lot, lot, a lot smoother there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you decided to go with Fit Bible Camp. Um, something that we talked about pre-interview was just, there was, there had to be some type of value alignment that you were looking for. 
Yeah, absolutely. So their mission is to inspire fitness and change lives every day. And, you know, to me, that that really spoke violence because I want to be able to inspire our community and change their lives through fitness, you know, and, and that's the felt what I could give back, right? I, you know, I don't feel like I'm the most talented of, and I can't really tell you what I'm, what my talent would be if, if you ask me, but I felt like whenever that mission, that, that mission statement was, was told to me, I just felt like it just clicked with me because it's like, I don't need a talent to be able to help clients. You know, I can, I have a, a genuine care for the people that are here and it just aligned perfectly to, to what that was. So it just made everything just uh, just align perfectly and click so that way that whenever I was able to open my facility, it just almost came natural where it, nothing was forced. I was able to help clients just from the genuine care that I have for them. And I think that was my gift or that was my talent. Yeah. Okay. Very well said. So let's kind of dive into talking about the business side of things. Um, obviously, you open up a gym, you need people to help, right? So What's been working well when it comes to marketing and getting consistent people in the door? Yeah, so we work with a lot with uh, with with social media, Facebook, digital marketing. Um, you know, with the franchise, we do partner and have uh, a resource there that helps us with that. A lot of it is is based on us and in our our general region. So it, you know, that, that being said, like we do get the help and my wife is the one that handles that so that her name's B and she does a lot of the marketing for us. She handles that. That's where it gets a little bit hairy for me. Um, but as far as that goes, you know, we, we provide ads and, and with our ads, we provide, you know, what you see from our ads is what you see here in our facility. So they're not cookie cutter. They're not people that you don't know or they're not from the same town. It's people that you actually see, the kind of clients that you'll see here. You know, and that was big for us is because it just speaks a little bit closer or touches the people here in a little bit closer than they would if they were just seeing this, this ad that was, you know, they don't really know where it came from or the gym doesn't look like the gym that they come to here. Um, so that was a big uh, you know, that was a big important part of how we do our marketing there. Um, a lot of it is through Facebook and through Instagram. And um, a bit, another big thing that we're doing is internally as well. You know, uh, social proof is big, um, as, uh, as, I'm, as, know you, as I'm sure you know. And with that, social proof is, you know, how can we have our clients, you know, spread the word um, and be able to help refer clients here as well. So we do offer some incentives for clients. Uh, for example, at the beginning of the year, this year, we we printed out a card and gave them uh, 28 days. So with that 28 days, and then it was all about all about giving that card to someone else and they get a free free uh, free four weeks to come in. Um, you know, the marketing cost on that was was pretty low, but it also gives an opportunity for clients to gift that to someone else to lower the the barrier of trying out a new facility and, and coming into, uh, you know, coming over to see us and and letting allow, allowing us to give them that experience here if this is a good fit for them. Um, so those are a couple of things that we do here from from marketing.
Hey, Emmanuel, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Check the chat real quick. Was I frozen? Or... All right, can you hear me now? Yeah. All right, so last thing I heard was like you kind of ending what you guys are doing for marketing, um, which is great. Is there any particular, like which route of marketing do you think has worked like the best for you guys? Um, so we do a, we do a campaign, uh, we do challenges once or uh, two or three times a year. And those have been the most fruitful for us. Um, you know, the marketing allows for like a start date on, on these challenges and, and for a certain amount of time. So whenever there's the start date, I think that that kind of lights a little fire in, in, in some people where it's like, okay, if I can start here and then it's only, you know, eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it is, it, it gives them something that's palatable and something that allows them to, um, to kind of just see a short-term vision rather than seeing the, the big long-term goal, because sometimes it can just be a little bit overwhelming, you know, and with that, once they're able to kind of just see that, okay, it's only 12 weeks, then we can come, they can come in and we can help them see that long-term vision. But we also start everything in a stepladder approach with them once, once they're in the door. Mm -hmm. So I think what that marketing aspect is like having those challenges, uh, uh, you know, two or three times a year where they're spaced out enough, where it's not something that's just consistently just being marketed and, and advertised. And it's kind of, you know, it drowns out where people just lose interest because they see it so consistently it's something that we don't push out every uh, you know very often as he said three times a, three times a year um so with that i think that just helps keep that keep that keep that intrigue and the interest of uh potential clients high um you know with a small short-term goal at the beginning okay so let's say that i'm a client and i am coming off of how long did you say the challenge? Did you say it were 12 weeks? Yes. I'm coming off a, a 12 week challenge. What does the process look like to convert somebody like a challenger into a monthly membership or long term, long term membership? Yeah. So what we've started doing and started shifting is we go straight to membership. So as soon as they come in, we we offer a free week to give them that experience of you know, if this is a good fit, because ultimately we want you to be here because you want to be here, not because you're tied to a contract. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you're when you feel like it is a good fit, we'll sign you up for for the 12 weeks. And with that 12 weeks, um, you know, you're you're essentially a member from then from that beginning. So what we do is we sit down with each client and we have what we what we have a meeting with them to to do our in-body scan to make sure that uh, we know where the numbers are to provide the guidance on our programs is like, you know, if you follow this steps and we'll help you depending on what program that you choose, then we will guide you through the 12 weeks. And with one of our programs, we're guaranteeing weight loss or fat loss. We're, we're telling okay. you that if, if you follow the program, you know, it's a guaranteed uh, 10 pounds at least in the first uh, in the first 12 weeks. And if not, then we will coach you for free until you do. So that was another uh, a marketing uh, practice that we were doing as well, because we were very confident in what we were doing. You know, if you're able to follow the program, then in the coaching, then we will be able to give you the results. 
at the end of the 12 weeks, what happens is it auto renews into a continued membership, but you have a couple options. The first 12 weeks is a lot of coaching, a lot of nutrition guidance um, on a on a weekly and uh, monthly basis to the client. And after that, if they choose to continue, they can choose to continue with the nutrition coaching and the the guidance, or they can actually downgrade to our uh, to our boot camp option, which is just focusing on the exercises. Um, and that just allows the, the client some freedom on on having those options because uh, we want to give them all the all the resources and all the help that they need, but we also don't want to give them something that they don't need, right? So yeah. you know, if that if you feel like at the twelve weeks you're good with your nutrition, and then we can step down, and you feel like you can handle it on your own, then you know we're here. Would you need help? But ultimately, you know, you're deciding to step down. That's completely fine. You just focus on those workouts and keep practicing the things that you learned here in the first twelve weeks. Yeah. So do you notice that there's a like a pretty big change in the I guess the percentage of people that you're converting um, that coming off of a 12 week challenge versus maybe just somebody seeing one of your like ads online and, and coming in for maybe like a free class or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, that was probably our biggest difference last year is, is you know, it was it, the the 12 week program allowed for us to get clients that were serious about, you know, that were really serious about taking that first step into starting their fitness uh, journey, you know, whereas if we were offering something free, you know, sometimes it was a very hit or miss because it was free. A lot of people don't appreciate free. Um, and, and whenever we were able to, to, to roll out that 12 week program, you know, that was able to, to get the, get the, get potential clients that were very serious about starting that and able to to kind of get them rolling immediately and and just really outlining that where they're just hitting the ground running from day one but where everything is one step at a time too we're not overwhelming them with a bunch of information and you know here's like here's x y and z you're on your own you know come back to us if you have any questions everything is guided through and through yeah so going into this um there's obviously that the aspect of sales and selling memberships mm -hmm. Is that something that you were comfortable with, or is it that a skill set that you had to grow and develop in? Fortunately, I had a background in sales and mm -hmm. it, it allowed it to become a little bit more naturally. It was just a matter of shifting gears to, you know, selling technology to selling mm -hmm. a fitness journey. Um, you know, and that being said, it came a lot easier for me because of the passion that I already had from it. So I, I didn't feel of you know a pressure of of selling because it just it just exuded naturally from my conversation with them that you know with that being yeah. said you know there's still many things and clients rightfully so have a lot of questions on at the beginning mm -hmm. and, and if this is a good program you know you know are, are, am I fit enough to even begin you know what if I you know fail and things like that so it was just really just easing easing their mind there so when it came to the selling part i mean we definitely practiced it and and and, and i don't think you know i think that was a big key for us is just that practice you know we were role playing me and my wife me and my sister-in-law yumi who's also part of part of our facility here and in practicing that it really allows you to get more comfortable in in, in the approach and and understanding from the client's perspective because even though my experience in sales uh helped it was it was a diff, different completely different demographic um yeah. you know so so that that practice and and that that uh, repetition was something that really helped us and also just 
having that genuine curiosity of where the client's coming from. Uh, you know, I think that's a big thing. And sometimes that can't be taught so well as just having that genuine interest in the client and, and, and what's what's driving them to want to start their fitness journey and how they found us specifically. Okay, good stuff, man. So yeah, I'm definitely sure that that sales background, completely different industry, but you know, there are certain skills that can definitely transition from one industry to the next. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the challenges that you guys are working through right now and also big picture things. Is there anything in particular that you guys are working on overcoming in your business? Yeah, I mean, I think I think for us, uh, the big thing overcoming is is um, is the, the 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 session times. You know, it's like we want to continue to grow and just trying to find what you know what time that 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 would work that would be ideal for more clients. Um, you know, we have three sessions in the morning, two in the afternoon, and and we want to expand that to be able to serve more of the community. And 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 it's kind of like you know, where do we start? You know, how, what time should we pick and things like that? And one of my mentors, uh, CJ was talking, I was talking to him about this and, you know, his guidance was, you know, everything's a test. And I think that put it in perspective because it sounds very simple. It's like, oh, it's just session times and that should be a simple fix. Just add this or add that. But, you know, at the same time, and that's going to require resources, going to require payroll is going to require, you know, having someone there. Um, so for, for, you know, his, his idea was just kind of like how, how we treat our clients is like step ladder approach this thing, like start small, just add a time, one time that you want to, that you want to try it out and test it out, mm -hmm. test it out for three months. And then from there, if it doesn't work out, if it's not getting, you know, it's not growing, then, you know, then, then you can cut it at that point. And I think I was overthinking it as well. You know, I tend to sometimes do that in my part, but it always helps to have those good people around you that kind of bring it back down that yeah. it's, you know, that, that kind of narrow that down a little bit. Um, the other thing that I would say that, that for us is, um, is, is just the, the growth, right? I think we're in such a competitive area here in Austin. Um, you know, I could, I can point in one direction and I can tell you what other competition might be there. Um, and, uh, and so it's just a very condensed area, not only with other fitness, uh, studios, but also with just from, I understand from the marketing side, you're always competing for, for the attention, even from target that's next door or, you know, the restaurant across the street, if they're doing any type of ads, cause it's just all, it's not necessarily fitness that you're, you're fighting against. It's the attention of other stores here in the area when it comes to marketing. And I think it's just like, how can we get more creative to, to let the digital marketing do what it needs to do. But at the same time for us, how can we get out in the community to put our name out there and, and, and allow that to be more of an organic growth rather than just always always uh, focusing on that digital side. So I think that was for us, that was a big bottleneck uh, or that big obstacle that we're still trying to work is like, how can we get our name out there? You know, and I think when I, I mentioned earlier, one of our marketing things was doing 28 day programs uh, mm -hmm. for clients to be able to hand out to their friends and family, you know, and that's something that we're going to position as well for, for we have a lot of apartments around, the, uh, around our area. So that's another thing that we're, going to be doing here for Q2 is, is giving them a, like a welcome packet for their new tenants is like, you can give them the, you know, the, the tote bag and give them a 28 day program or something like that, where it's free for them for, you know, and, and we'll happily, 
work with them on some type of incentive for the for the apartment or for mm -hmm. any business as well. Um, you know, but that's the big goal is, you know, are we we're also considering joining the Chamber of Commerce here in our area and mm -hmm. really just now, you know, we, we kind of stunted our own growth. And I think we got a little bit comfortable in that COVID time because it was just like, well, everything's no one's meeting anyone, you know, besides we're just opening here and then we're closing, we're going home. You know, we're focusing everything on digital because everything was still like, you know, being uh, very cautious. Um, and so I think for us, we kind of got a little comfortable with that. We didn't really focus on going out and meeting the the next uh, the next door businesses or, you know, focusing on other aspects of getting on the community into some type of events, you know. And so those are things that now here in 2023, that's going to be our focus is, is trying to overcome that obstacle of, let's not focus so much on the digital marketing because it's not going to be the end all be all. We need to focus on other avenues to be able to continue that growth outside of the, of the digital marketing. Gotcha. Okay. That, make, that makes a lot of sense. So really just expanding um, the different ways that you are attacking the marketing side of the yeah. business. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So a few more questions for you. Um, talk to us about your long-term goals and the vision that you have for fit body boot camp over the next let's say 365 days and beyond yeah so what we want to do is we want to get up to 200 clients um consistently here at fit body you know you know to, to us that's not just a number those are 200 lives that we get to impact on a daily basis mm -hmm. and of course i'd love to tell you that there was an unlimited amount but you know i also i also know that you know, we have to start somewhere. And that's, that's the, that's really the goal there is just continue to expand our, our footprint, our, our, our influence with the community so that they know that when they come here, that they're going to see results, that they're going to feel their best, that they're going to get healthier. And, you know, with that, to me, that number is 200, right. And our facility can, can hold that, right. Can hold that with the session times that we would have. Um, and then the second part of, to that is, is, more coaching, more, more staff here. Right now we have a couple coaches. We have a coach that coaches in the morning and one in the afternoon, and we want to get them help as well. You know, we want at least two coaches on the floor at all times. Um, so we want to make sure that we are giving the clients the, the best experience possible every time that they come in. Doesn't matter if it's the coach's first session or the, their, the first session or their fourth session that's the client's first session of the day. So we want to make sure that our, our brand is always up to, up to speed and, and, and never giving any wiggle room and resting on our laurels of what we've done before. We want to always keep that standard high. So for that, it's 200 clients for us to grow and for, uh, for more staffing to be able to support the current coaches that are on our staff as well. Um, and then find other ways to give back. You know, one of the things that we talked about, uh, um was was how we came back like we did in 2022 when you know we raised money for a for a flat water foundation here in austin for two thousand dollars you know we were able to donate my hair when i had it down to my shoulders to maggie's wigs for kids and we were able to do a, a food drive at the end of the year where we raised over 300 meals for the local food bank here in austin and that i want to compound that for this year you know it's like how can we replicate that same thing that we did last year and do it this year again. Alrighty, very well said, man. And last and final question I have for you is thinking back to maybe even before you decided to start the gym, 
give yourself one piece of advice that you needed to hear way back then? I think for me, it's something that I that I think about daily is um, is the the founder of Fit Body Bootcamp told me this after I had already committed was uh, focus on the three C's and it's control, cope, and concentrate. And I think that put in perspective and 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 especially during the COVID times was control what you can control, you mm-hmm. cope with cope with the things you can't control. And concentrate on what's important, like your family, your health. Um, and that was, I think that was just, to me, that was so simply said, but also so impactful. Uh, for one, because of that's exactly what the three C's that you need to run a business, to open a business, to just start something new. Because there's a lot of things that are not going to be in your control. But if you focus on what you can, then it, it, it allows you just to give yourself some grace. I'm like, okay, well, I know I can't control that. I can't control what's going on in the world, but I can control my effort. I can control my attitude and I can concentrate on the loved ones around me. I can concentrate on making sure that I'm healthy for my clients. And so that's something that I would emphasize with my, you know, my past self to make sure that, you know, because there was, there was a lot of times where it's the uncertainty of, when are we going to open? How are we going to open? Like, who's coming in? Do we have anybody coming in? All these questions. And I think having that mindset of the three C's allowed me kind of like center myself and 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 get my focus back on where it needs to be. I really like my favorite part about what you just said was control what you can control and cope with what you can't control. I think that's really, really important. So okay. thank you for sharing the three C's with that with with us with me and our audience um yeah emmanuel this is a a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode but before we sign out please tell our listeners where they can find you yeah so we're here in austin texas you can look us up on socials lakeline fbbc um so you know find us on instagram facebook there and if you're in austin we're in north austin northwest austin area and the lakeline area so if you're in austin that that might sound familiar to you Alrighty, y'all. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. Definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. Also, to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, excuse me, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lord Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show, once again, we have Bruce Bentley of WRP Fitness. Coming to you from Norwich's New York. Bruce, how are we, sir? Great. Glad to be here. Thank you again. I am. I'm excited. This is a quote unquote, where are they now type interview. Bruce has been on the show, albeit 
quite a long time ago. Um, and so before we get into the business conversation and, and everything that comes with that, Bruce, for the people who aren't familiar with WRP, give us a little bit of background on this. How do you describe what this gym is in your own words? Absolutely. So we are, well, we, you know, pride ourselves, they are, we are a community-based gym. We've been in the community now since 1996 at our current location. Wanda, who's the other owner with myself, has been in business since 1976. Uh, we're a gym where kid 12 years old 13 year old looking to get some you know get some fitness level going up for sports can come work out and the eight-year-old person who's just doing some rehab can come as well too uh we're very sociable uh you know here we want to make sure everybody's getting what they uh need physically and mentally here as well too uh we're a huge um person in the community as well we belong to numerous chambers uh i have a um i do coaching for a local football team here school district wise too so uh we're just a community-based gym uh trying to help out and do as much as we can for our community that we serve got it okay and so a little something for everybody here if yes I'm, if i'm gathering correctly i already alluded to but you had been on in the past albeit pretty soon after the COVID restrictions were lifted. So talk to us about that time up until now. How have things been summarized the, the last couple of years in your experience? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, as everyone knows, March of 2020, uh, when, you know, the COVID uh, pandemic hit, uh, New York for, was forced to close a lot of businesses, gyms included. They were one of the, bless you, they were one of the uh, first uh, businesses actually to close. I remember getting the phone call that evening or that afternoon from one of my employees saying, hey, we have to close tonight. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, someone called up, we have to close, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, no, no, like, you know, the governor just said, like, all gyms need to close at like nine o'clock. And I'm like, like, from now on, that's our, like, we all gyms have to close at nine o'clock. Nope. I'm like, you have to close, like, we can't open back up again. So I'm like, I just, yeah, I take a step back and say, what do you mean? I, like, we've never in the history of my life, 40 years on this planet, I've never been a part of something like that previously. So from that point um, in New York, we got kept on putting, getting pushed back, getting pushed back, taken out of timeframes. And we ended up opening again, August 20th, I believe it was. Um, so we were closed, you know, almost a full uh, five months. And when we spoke last time, it was November, I believe, of uh, 2020. So we were just getting our feet back uh, in the water, per se. Yeah. And um, it was difficult, you know, here in New York, especially. With capacity um, restrictions, capacity, too. It wasn't yeah, 100%. You had capacity issues. Uh, you also had, which made it an issue for members because they never knew if they could come in to work out. Uh, that was number one problem. Uh, for classes as well, we have classes here, so we could only limit the amount of people in each class. Yeah. Secondly, and then you had an issue of the masks. You know, the masks were a huge issue, and I understand, you know, why, you know, people had to wear the masks, but the masks presented a huge problem for people working out. Uh, it's hard to work out to begin with, and now when you have a mask on, it's even that much worse, especially trying to do cardio, trying to do strength training, trying to do a class, maybe a Zumba class. There's, you know, you're going to have to take down your mask slightly to breathe a little bit, put it back on, which, you know, became an issue um, because in New York, you had, you know, different people out there looking at gyms um, saying, hey, this gym is letting their members wear, not wear masks. This gym is letting their members wear masks. It was, Plenty you know, of political spin. Uh, sure. Yeah. So, uh, but knock on wood, since, you know, since the reopening, everything's been going very well. 
Uh, we changed up a lot of the things internally that we do here at the club. Um, you know, I became, um, you know, an owner during COVID uh, with Wanda as well. And uh, we took some different, uh, we took some changes uh, based upon how we do certain things here internally, uh, changed our bank, changed our accountant, changed our bookkeeper. Um, and we took everything a little bit more in-house. And actually it's been very successful. We have much more um, an idea of where our money's going, where our money's coming from. Uh, my wife is actually an accountant by trade, so she's now our bookkeeper. That's helpful. Yeah, it's yeah. very helpful. Uh, and we're paying her significantly less than we were the last person, but don't tell her that. Um, but, you know, she's we'll awesome. this part out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but she's been <laughs> awesome. Like every month I get a report. It's like, okay, Bruce, you know, this, these are our goals this month. This is what we need to hit. Based upon the last three years, this is where we should be. Uh, we throw out the COVID year. We look at previously upon that. And that's been one of the best blessings is having her doing those numbers and, um, you know, going from there. But everything seems bright, you know, since... Since we reopened in August and the uh, overwhelming community outcry for us when we opened back up was phenomenal. Like, I mean, people, I mean, in New York, I was just talking to somebody about this actually this morning, that in New York, we weren't even allowed to take any money at all from people, monthly charges, or if they wanted to pay in full, just to say like, hey, you know, because some people did reach out to me and say, hey, Bruce, continue billing yeah. me, you know, Can't we love it, it there. We, we couldn't do it by law. So we got zero income for those five months. And, you know, we had these PPP and these other, you know, programs and credits and they, you know, they helped out a little, uh, but not to the extent that Jim's really needed the help. Um, but we've been, uh, we've been blessed since then. The outcry of the community, when we reopened, they loved us uh, and they've, you know, they've come back, you know, being here since 1996, uh, it's definitely helped us out. So Has I'm membership now surpassed 2019 numbers? Yes. Um, January, uh, we just did our numbers uh, this past weekend, the wife and I, and uh, I didn't even get to go home with Wanda yet. But yes, 2022 uh, surpassed 2019's January, uh, which I'm thrilled about. There were a couple of months last year in 2022 that surpassed 2019 numbers too, uh, which was great. Um, that has to do with, again, if you're talking to a gym owner in New York, we had to stop all of those um, those memberships, those five months, we had to push our expiration date, you know, five months forward. So that means the biggest, you know, the biggest sales months out of the year for any gym is usually, you know, January, February, March. That's when, you know, luckily people stayed with you. Those people renew every January, February, March. Those months now got pushed five months. So those people who usually renew in January, February, March are now renewing in June, July, and August, which are your worst months. So it actually economically speaking, worked out to a benefit there because now you have, you know, a steady flow of income throughout the year, which, you know, is good. So, yeah. but yeah, I'm very happy. 2022, uh, 2023 so far is being a very productive year. Good. And, and so, so many people, Bruce, turn into this show, honestly, to hear about how to get people into their facilities, whether it's in New York or anywhere marketing in general is a tough thing in our space covid forward what have you guys been doing to get back to those numbers what's been successful and, and maybe what have you done that hasn't been as successful as you would have hoped absolutely so um i was having a conversation about this the same question recently so previous to covid one of the biggest 
pushes in the fitness industry was EFTs, 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 you know, get people on an EFT and they'll continuously pay for membership, you know, go on so on and so forth, uh, which we did as well. We pushed our EFT membership constantly. Since we reopened from COVID, what I found was, uh, what we found was that if we can get that EFT price point, but do a short term with that EFT price point, we get a lot of the income that we would have over the course of 12 months, but we can get it up front. So say for instance, right now, we just ran a special in the month of January, we did a special, it was $159 uh, for four months. All right, breaks down to $40 a month. Our easy pay option, which we call our EFT membership is 40 bucks a month. So essentially we're giving them that rate just they're prepaying for four months instead of us taking it out of their account every month. This helps out with a couple different things. Number one is we get the 160 or the 159 upfront. We don't have to worry about waiting for that to come out every month. We don't have to worry about it going delinquent. We don't have to worry about numerous credit card charges as well. Uh, and it's easier too with, you know, computing wise, one, one shot, it's in the system, we're good for four more months. So that's been a key to us getting back into the game, essentially, um, that portion. We do still have our EFT membership. pulling revenue forward a little exactly. bit. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And we still have that EFT membership, and we, we love it when members do that. Um, and But that one's one of the biggest ones. Uh, we've been attracting, we got, when we came back from COVID, uh, the following year in 2021, we purchased all brand new spin bikes, and that boosted our group fitness hugely up, our numbers. And that was, you know, Wanda had said that to us, you know, when we were coming out of COVID, she's like, I think we need new bikes. I think we need new bikes that will boost up, um, you know, morale in the group fitness room. I think we're going to start selling our classes again. And it did. She was 100% correct. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was good too. And we've increased, um, you know, new, we've gotten new machines in. So people don't look at us like, you know, oh, it's the same gym, you know, from 1996. We're constantly renovating. And by showing the members that uh, you know, we're putting money back into the club, whether it be, you know, a new Smith machine, a new squat rack, you know, whatever. Uh, it definitely helps out. And like last year, we redid the women's shower units. Actually, this month, we're redoing the men's shower units. So, you know, if people see that constant, you know, uh, you know, they're putting their money to use for them, um, they, they're okay with it. And especially like we've had to increase our prices, unfortunately, due to, you know, everything going on, you know, eggs being, you know, $12 a carton. Um, <laughs> we had to increase our prices here, uh, yeah. with, you know, inflation and everything else. And we've noticed too, is the members, you know, are okay with it because they do see that money going back into the club that they yeah. come to with that, yeah. which is That's huge. the important part. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I talk to, to people in our space all the time who may have the same pricing scheme from 1996 but their expenses are 2023 expenses yes. and that is the real sticking point now yes reinvesting in the club this is a necessity especially in your model where a lot of the time it may not be an apples to apples comparison with the big box the commercial gyms but it's a similar pricing comparison and so yes. we need to at least provide a product that's worth talking about from an advertising standpoint or just getting people to you. Have you guys put money into campaigns of any sort or, or do we do this done, organically? We've done, it's mostly organically. We've done some Facebook campaigns. We've done some, you know, Instagram, cam, you know, campaigns. Um, I do all the social media here at the club. I do our website here at the club. Um, so I do all that. Um, but 
it's mostly word of mouth. It's mostly organically, like you stated. Uh, we utilize within our software company um, the option to text. So we're able to text prospects that may have done a five-day trial or text members that maybe only did like a one-month membership many years ago. So I am able to utilize that, which is huge because, you know, now I'm my you're when you're advertising, you're trying to get a person that wants to come work out or thinking about working out. Now with this texting option, I'm able to do to use, I'm targeting an actual person who came down to the club, yeah. either yeah. bought a you cast a wide net. Exactly. So it actually it's more, you know, more concentrated. So it actually works pretty well. I actually every special we run, anything we're doing here uh, within the community, whether it's, you know, doing a food drive, a toy drive right now, we're doing a drive for veterans collecting uh, socks, hats and gloves. Uh, we send all that out uh, to, you know, the masses, essentially. So that's, How that's successful was it when you when you attempted it on social media? Somewhat successful, you know, it, there are algorithms are weird sometimes uh i have yeah. <laughs> you'd be you'd be blown away how often i hear that on this show. <laughs> so uh i mean yeah. you, you, do, you do a radius um based upon where your club is and usually you know in the past it's usually been that a person won't drive anywhere 10 to 15 minutes away from their current residency to go to a gym so you kind of use that as where you are um it's you know i've gotten some you know back from it but not the, the amount that i would wanted unfortunately yeah i think unfortunately is probably the right term there i think yeah. it's more common than not that people have somewhat of a jaded experience when it comes to this and it makes sense to me i mean we talked to, we talked earlier about your wife being the bookkeeper now and how much better of an experience it is but this is a professional who's been doing this for years and years and years for us yeah. to throw ourselves in I'm going to, I'm going to be the marketer for our business with little to no experience in marketing. Yeah, of course yeah. it makes sense. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just the nature of the beast and the game that we play. Absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about the sales side of things, Bruce, when somebody's interested, whether they found a, a text blast or they found us on social media or they just walked in off the street, whatever the source how does someone actually go about signing up? Who do they speak to? What's that conversation about? And how do they, how do they do it? Absolutely. So you got a couple of different things. So first and foremost, if a person on our website, we have a contact us page or a free five-day trial or inquiry page. Those, so they submit all their information to us and I get that in my email. So I email them right back. I usually try to email back within a few hours, depending upon you know the time of day they fill out that form. And it's just a um, you know a base email that I have written up already. I change out their name and just tell them what's going on in the club right now. We've got any specials going on. Let them know about all our classes and let them make sure that they know about our five-day trial. All right. Um, you know, we want to get them in here, try out the club for five consecutive days, see how they like it, and then go from there. Um, however, if somebody comes in and walks off the street, um, we'll go through. We have laminated um price point proposals price sheet at the front desk that my staff has been trained or our staff has been trained uh, by myself and Wanda for to go over it. It's very simple, very easy. Uh, and it highlights the price points there on the price sheet based upon, you know, any discount they might be entitled to or, you know, when they're going to be working out, um, certain things like that. From there, if the person uh, or the prospect isn't going to sign up, we do offer them the five-day trial because we, we do feel if a person tries this out for five days, they're going to like us. Um, like you said before, we're not a big box gym, but you know we, we're a pretty good gym. We got about 12,000 square feet. Uh, we got a group fitness room uh, we have here at the club too, over about 25 classes a week we offer with membership. 
So we, and again, like I said before, we're in the community, you know, we're making people laugh here at the front desk, we're making people feel a part of the family. And that's one of the biggest things too, which, you know, uh, we tell our staff is, you know, anybody can go to the grocery store and they get a, you know, a can of olives and they come, they, you know, they go out. But when you go to the gym, it's a little bit different. And that's because you're seeing these people every day and you're having an interaction with them. So we make sure that we call it our, you know, our touches, essentially what we say, we want to get three of those uh, on every um, workout from a member. That's a greeting. Hey, how are you doing, Joe? How's everything going? Something in between that you may have talked to Joe about before. Hey, did you watch that game this weekend? Or how's your, your, how's your son doing? Uh, and then as they leave, hey, Joe, see you next time. You know, it really, it sounds, you know, very, uh, you know, you could say, you know, old fashioned, I guess you could say, but it really does mean something that's, you know, a lot of people, especially in today's day and age when people are all on their phone, constantly, you know, swiping up, swiping down, swiping left, swiping right. Yeah. Um, you know, that interaction with a human actually, you know, means a lot. And we find and absolutely that, that we have to like, acknowledge yeah. that like we we need to create a system around just basic interaction but that's the, a huge yeah. differentiator in a business and like this 100 percent, and we care you know like you know for instance a couple months ago unfortunately uh one of my members uh husbands passed away uh so i had heard about it i called for write up and said hey i'm so sorry uh you know talk to her please let me know when the arrangements are made and i went to the funeral as well um you know when my members come in i get an email from my software every morning at 9 a.m that tells me all of my members birthdays so when a member comes in um no matter what time of the day or maybe a couple of days afterwards, I'm like, hey, you had a birthday the other day, didn't you? And before they even check in, they're like, yeah, how'd you know? I said, oh, yeah, I did make sure I make sure to know that about my members. Those little tiny things mean a lot to people. And I make sure my staff does that not only at the time when they're signing up a person, but throughout their you know time here in the club too. Um, it definitely, definitely means a lot. And you can see that because people have been with us ever since 1996. They don't, they don't leave our gym. And it's not because, you know, they're fearful for going to try something new out. It's that they're comfortable. They get the workout they need here at the club. We're constantly renovating the club with new machines, new everything. And they like being here and they're part of the family. And that's one of the biggest things. They are part of the family. Retention is usually a, a pretty direct correlation between the intangible quality of a business and that retention metric. It's an, it's an interesting one to look at now. For you, something I wanted to ask you about, because personal training in a, in a model like this becomes kind of the next step for people. We have membership, and then if they're looking for some help, personal training. For you guys, that's sort of outsourced in a, in a way where trainers are in a, what we refer to as a barbershop model. What yes. made you choose that route versus keeping personal training in-house? So many years ago, um, when we switched over to this, uh, we did have a, I guess you could say a percentage where the trainer took all of the money from their clients and then they would tell, pay us a percentage based upon the number of sessions they had. Um, there is a, as much as I trust um, the trainers here or, or people in general, there always is room there for, you know, me not to put the full or a person not to put the full amount in the you know check they're giving to us each month unfortunately um so we went over to this model of a rental type system maybe about i'm gonna say 10 years ago now at this point and uh we have a specific price point for each trainer 
they pay us each month before the third of the month. Um, could we make a little bit more money if we went to the traditional model as we take in the money, we pay the trainer a certain percentage? Absolutely, we could. Uh, we feel though this is the best option. We are guaranteed a certain amount of money each month from each trainer. Uh, the trainers know exactly what, how much they owe each month. They can almost operate as if with their own business within our club because they're setting their own rates, they're doing their own insurance, they're doing their own stuff, uh, but they are part of our you know, WRP family as well. Um, with their um, you know, agreement, we have them set up what we call WRP sessions. So each member that signs up that's brand new, they can get up to three half an hour training sessions with a personal trainer. These are sessions um, you know, are essentially given for free from the trainer to us. Um, however, they are a prospect for them. Essentially, we're giving the trainers prospects by giving these free sessions out. And it's their you know, job to essentially turn these people that are prospects over to paying clients for them. And it works out pretty well. Like I talk to the trainers all the time, you know, based upon the price point that we have here, if you're working six hours a day, which isn't much, you know, based upon, I mean, my schedule, probably a lot of owners out there, six hours a day doesn't seem like nothing at all, but six hours a day, um, and they charge like $50, $60 a session, which isn't that expensive based upon, you know, the mean average uh, in the industry. Um, by day three, they've already made, you know, how much they have to give us for rent. And the rest of the 27 days of the month are all graded for them. That's all their money. So it works out very good for both us and them. So that's pretty okay. good. Sure. Yeah. Now, again, our, our conversation has mostly stemmed from What's been happening since the last time we talked to you? What do things look like now? I'll, I'll entertain the idea of this question again. Paint me a, a vision of the future here of WRP. Tell Absolutely. me where do we want to see things know, a year from now? <laughs> um, so first, what we did was during... Um, after COVID, we looked at all the expenses. Even during COVID, we looked at all the expenses. One of the biggest expense that we found, unfortunately, was our running of childcare. Childcare wasn't getting the return on investment that we had once had. Um, when we opened back up from COVID, when we were allowed to use childcare again, we only got you know drips and drabs of the kids, unfortunately. And we love having the kids here. It helps out with the whole family model that we have going on. However, when we're you know paying somebody to be in the room for you know three hours at a time and only one or two kids show up the whole time they're there, it's not cost effective. Uh, even running the numbers, even if we lost members, unfortunately, due to the fact that we don't have childcare anymore, um, we'd still be you know in the black essentially based upon losing those people, uh, which is unfortunate to think like that, but you know. During COVID, post-COVID, we really have to think, you know, everything makes, you know, sense in dollars. So that being said, we now have this room that we had previously that's not being utilized at all right now. So what we're looking to do in the future is try to figure out what we're going to do with that room. Uh, we want it to be monetized in some part. Either A, we run some type of Pilates um, maybe reformer program there. Maybe we outsource it to some type of, um, you know, shake or nutrition wellness type center. So that's something we're really looking at actually right now to see what we want to use for that room to not only help us out economically, but to give the members another benefit as well um, going forward. So, um, so that's, that's one big thing. Uh, yeah. Another thing, um, you know, I just want to, the, the, um, the purchases that we've made over the past two years since I've taken over with Wanda 5050 um, makes the gym, I feel, look a 
lot better, not aesthetically, but you know, sound wise. And I want to continue doing that with her help. Um, you know, making smart choices for group fitness, um, making smart choices for uh, expenses, whether it be new equipment, bringing on new programs, things like that. So whereas, you know, when we spoke in 2020, I was just looking at like a month at a time. You know, now, you know, looking at everything, I have like a 10 year plan going on where we want membership to be at a certain point at the end of this, you know, at the end of every year, at the end of this year, we'd really like, you know, a 15% uh, increase in sales based upon last year, um, January, like we talked about it, um, we made, uh, it was probably about 25% more in income this January than we did last January, which is phenomenal. It's um, a good place to be. It really is. So especially looking at that year to date, you know, summary where we need to make up some and do this and do that. I'm like, wow, we made that up in January. That's awesome. Uh, we want to continue that. Um, because if we can continue that, not only does the gym get helped out, we get new equipment, the members are happy, we maybe normal classes. Um, but you know, Wanda, myself, you know, the employees, um, they'll benefit as well too, because I'm able to, you know. We're able to raise the employees a little bit more. We're able to take a little bit more if we needed to uh, put some uh, money in that fund of just in case uh, and so on and so forth. So, but yeah, the, you know, the 10 year plan is very real now at this point. So very excited. I want to highlight and, and kind of summarize everything that you just said. And it's, it really, it boils down to a healthy profitable business wins on all fronts everybody involved finds a victory in that the members get new equipment get better upgrades get a better service the employees can get paid more not to mention the owners getting paid what they probably should have been paid all along it's unfortunately it's rare in our space but it's certainly something to strive for. And so I'm glad to hear that, that that's front of mind for you guys. And shout out to the bookkeeper on the back end, keeping us on yes. track for all of these things. And another thing is, like, a, go ahead, go ahead. Really quick, when I, um, which I've had discussions with before and I wanted to add it just so your listeners know too. I was always against and it's a big part too. I was always against raising prices, like you had said before about your person having prices, you know, a price point of 1993, but, you know, 2023 expenses. Um, I was always against raising prices. I've never been a proponent of raising prices. I'm still not, you know, a proponent of raising prices per se. However, what I have realized over the past three years uh, with talking to Wanda, with talking to my wife, is that if you do a small amount of increase per year based upon your increases in expenses, um, the members are okay with that. It's, you know, when you never expected. have, a, exactly, but it's when you never have an increase, all of a sudden you, you know, push it up 15, 20 bucks, then that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah. So since COVID, you know, since we got out of, you know, COVID, we were able to open up back again, we increased a little bit each year. And it's to the point now where we increased in January of this year. And I have had like not one disgruntled member saying like, it's not worth it. Or what's my money going towards? Or, you know, um, probably a, a good thing, a good sign for what you guys are doing over there. Even in my staff is just, you know, astounded by it as well. I'm like, I'll call up like any issues. Like, no, I'm like even like, you know, so-and-so on like that member. And they're like, no, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I'm like, I'm so happy that like people realize that we're not trying to get this money. So like, 
I can get a new car. We're getting this money so we can keep the lights on and we yeah. can do all this and all this other stuff. So it's, you know, that's one big part. And people have been telling me for a while to do it and I just didn't. But then once COVID happened, we had to and it's worked. So yeah. I just wanted to you know, let you guys know that as well. Absolutely. And something that our industry struggles with. Big yes. time. I think you're probably more the norm than the exception in this yeah. case. Yeah. Bruce, this is a, a fantastic place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up. Uh, but I, I want to take a minute and just thank you for your willingness to, to share good and bad of your experience as a gym owner. I think these types of conversations and getting to look behind the scenes and, and things like this really help everybody involved to to get a different perspective or just think differently about how we can operate businesses like this. So I appreciate your time and, and I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Thank you so much. Appreciate Absolutely. It. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Adam. And today with me, we have Hamela with Crossover Fitness out of Katy, Texas. Hamela, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, well, I appreciate you taking the time. And um, I'm looking forward to you know getting to hear your story and all of our listeners as well. So I'll open it up to you. Um, go ahead and just give us a little bit about who you are, kind of your background, what you've done, and how you got into the CrossFit? Well, this is an interesting question because I am, first of all, I am a 47 years old lady. I am a mom of two kids. Um, they're teenagers now. I am a divorcee and I do live in Houston, Texas about 25 years ago. My background is from Venezuela. I was born and raised in Venezuela, uh, South America where I was very involved in sports and active when I was younger. And I always had a dream to become a gymnast, but it didn't happen to me. So then I grew up and I had to get back to the real world and become whoever I became, being a mom, being a wife, having a job, etc. I do have multiple backgrounds, which is kind of funny because they're not related to the fitness industry. They're actually related to philosophy and law. And um, I do have a master's degree and I do have a lot of other small certifications that I did for fun and for knowledge. 
But then uh, fitness has always been dear to my heart and I never stopped practicing sports. Um, however, I didn't know what it was CrossFit until I was late in life pregnant. And well, actually I had had my two kids already and I started breaking down <laughs> um, my nervous system. Um, something happened with pregnancy, you know, different things, different women, different things happen to our bodies. And I started to notice that I was having seizures and panic attacks and different stuff um, related to stress management, I believe. So I was, I'm sorry, I'm in my patio and I hear dogs. But I started um, looking for an alternative way to help myself and my doctor just recommended me to try different types of sports and things that could help me to feel a little bit better. And I came across CrossFit on a Groupon one time. Little did I know what it was. And from that moment on, um, it just became part of my life. That was 10 years ago. Uh, being um, uh, signing up for the Open every single year, uh, seven years ago, um, I've done a little bit of CrossFit on my side. I have a LY, L1 certification. And then um, when COVID hit, I did have an opportunity to purchase the gym where I was working out at, which was amazing. So I didn't think about it and I just went on and took over. And ever since I've been managing and running the place uh, since 2020 and we're still up and going. Awesome. Sounds, uh, you know, that you had some things just fall kind of in place and it worked out for the best. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, it's funny because one of my um, bosses, um, when I was in South Florida, he is from Venezuela as well. Mm -hmm. So I uh, got to experience all different types of uh, food that I'd never even heard of before. And uh, uh, it was very cool. <laughs> so, um, well, cool, Mela. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. You know, let's kind of dive in, you know, tell me a little bit about your facility. You know, how big is the, the square footage and about how many members do you have currently? Okay, initially, um, the, the place is about 3,000 square foot, and I initiated, well, we had the gym with 75 people pre-COVID, which it was good and lucrative at that time. However, COVID hit in, and, and, you know, people started not coming to the gym, and then we had a little bit of people that were a little bit afraid to join or keep on coming to classes. So it was kind of like a secret club where a few of us were meeting, <laughs> to be able to get the workouts done until we fully open again when COVID, you know, resided or whatever, everybody started getting vaccinated. And it was a little traumatic because I had to be uh, testing myself every week to make sure that I was healthy for my clients, for myself. But, you know, you roll with the punches. And then um, when we were able to fully open again back in 2021, um, there was half of the members, members at the gym and from that point, it kept on going down the worlds because um, people started working out on their homes, you know, the whole remote thing. Everybody started feeling comfortable at home. But um, we did keep a group of 25 people that are still loyal to the place and they do love to work out in person. And we are actually trying to build up again and get back to whatever our numbers used to be at. Yeah. So you'd say about, you know, like 25 roughly is kind of like the starting point right now. 
25 to 30 people on and off. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah, COVID it was uh, not nice to anybody. No, not really. No. Um, all right. Well, let's kind of dive in, you know, walk us through, you know, like what's kind of like your current lead source? Like, how are you getting leads into the door? Uh, I have to say Instagram has been helpful. I do run a couple of campaigns every now and then, like every month or so. I do postcards. Um, I have a couple of members that they're very enthusiastic and they want to keep the place open. So they keep helping me to put postcards, you know, uh, the Walmart uh, parking lot or <laughs> other local gyms, not trying to steal the business from, but, you know, trying to give people a different opportunity to experience something new. Um, but I'm also being involved in my community and different uh, groups. As I told you before, I am um, an adult woman. I'm a senior, <laughs> not senior, but like a master's athlete. So I am um, trying to help other women my age to understand that, you know, you can still keep active even though I'm almost 50. Um, you can still keep healthy and your body is capable to do a lot of stuff. And now I'm lately discovering that I, I think I found my niche. Um, there's a lot of us who are going through pre-menopause or menopause. It's a long process. And I'm trying to bring a group of ladies to help them to deal with the symptoms of it without having necessarily to be medicated, which I find it amazing. No, that's not, that sounds really great. Um, you know, like that, that nice little tight knit group to kind of help support each other. Absolutely. Awesome. So, you know, with like the Instagram posts to help me understand, is it, are you like paying to like boost the posts or is it just straight like posts and things like that to kind of get, um, you know, comments I or direct messages? I do my own posts. Um, I try to keep it engaged um, on Instagram so people know that we're still active and we're still operating, but I do boost my campaigns. I do print a lot of postcards, like I mentioned before. Um, my Instagram fits a Facebook, which um, is also helpful. Um, and if the people, all the members share and you know like our content, that's pretty much it. But also word of mouth and visiting the community partners have helped in the past. So I hope you continue to do the same this year. Yeah. Um, so how, how is that working out for you currently? I want to say <laughs> it's winter time and people <laughs> are too cold to go go out and work out, but I started seeing um, with one of the latest campaign that I put out, people contacting me and trying to get back to the gym or signing up family members, but I'm also throwing out some promotions that it makes it almost impossible for people not want to work out, which is, I don't know, something ridiculous like $50 a month for the first three months to get people hooked and engaged into the business. Yeah. And then, you know, would you say that you've seen an increase in leads from doing those things or has it been pretty, you know, consistent or pretty like, you know, like slow coming? With the latest campaign, I've seen an increase of it. 
and it's, I, it's too early to tell how big the impact is going to be. I still have another postcards to post around everywhere. Um, I do think it's going to make a difference uh, for the better. At the minimum, I'm going to get at least 10, 15 members more. I already have gotten six members this week. Excellent. Um, you know, um, with you know the, the 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 ad spend on like those things do you feel the the return from what you're spending is greater or less than what you're spending currently yeah the return is greater for sure i mean my expenses they're very minimal the ads i run maybe three days five dollars a day fifteen dollars an ad i've done on two ads and then the postcards give or take a hundred dollars for a thousand postcard i think is yeah. very much worth the investment and of course my time but it's my business so it's on my best interest yeah yeah and then so um roughly you said with that, that current you know type of lead generation you know how many leads are you seeing on a monthly basis that come in to potentially be a member so I just started something different this month, actually this beginning of February, and I want to say it's been a week out. Like I said, just with the word of mouth or emailing my past clients, because I do have a CRM, right, which it keeps all the people that have been there, that are there, that are not there, etc. I just emailed a blast campaign with the promotion, and just with the email itself, I got five people. Now, I did also put the promo on uh, the Instagram. I think it's been two days reviewing it. They haven't even gone live yet. And the postcards are about to hit next week as well. So just with the email from my CRM, I've captured, I was able to capture five new past members. And this is just the beginning of the campaigns that I'm going to be throughout February, March. So I do expect to have at the minimum five to 10. I'm not going to say 10 because it's a little over-exaggerated a week, but at the minimum two members a week. Yeah. So about, you know, anywhere from, you know, six to eight a month. Yeah. I want to say 10 is my goal, but you know, you always put high goals and you hope for the for the best yeah absolutely and obviously there's you know if something doesn't work then you you try the next best thing yep wonderful um so you know stepping back from you know the legions kind of you know you touched on you want to get back to kind of like that pre-covid number you know is that you know how big do you want to take this thing you know do you want you know, 100 members, 150 members, 200 members, you know, do you want multiple studios kind of what's like your, your uh, short and long-term goals with, you know, the CrossFit? Well, my goals are very uh, short and long-term at the same time. For the short goals, I do want to get as many people as possible at the gym so it can become profitable again. But my long-term goal is to get it up to 100 people, I don't think I can, and that means I would have 
have to open up more classes and you know um at the minimum four classes a day or yeah four to five classes a day which already we have only three and then that will also require opening more days the gym uh, right now it operates three four times a week so monday Wednesday, Friday, because a lot of the population in our gym, they work, they have families, they don't really have the time to go every single day to the gym, which is also good to their advantage. Our philosophy is a little bit different because I do want people on the day off to do something else, such as swimming, running, biking, right? And whoever wants to go on Saturday, that will be a fourth day in the gym. So if i increase to 100 people there will be more people there will be more schedules and so forth i will have to be there more time and that is the long-term goal but right now it's too early to tell how things are going to change yeah no absolutely obviously you know you want to have that that open availability because then you know the more time slots you have the more people are going to be willing to sign up because they have times that work for them exactly Um, and then did I, did we touch on, is this like your full time or did you use, you still have something else part-time or full-time that you run when the gym isn't open? Yeah, um, I am in business moment, so I do have another two businesses that I run on the side. They're not big in quantity, but they do sustain me. I do mm -hmm. real estate. Um, and I do also uh, consult businesses to do integration with technology and stuff like that. So the gym is like my third job and I do have people helping me um, to run it, whether it's the, the 5 a.m. class or 6 p.m. class. I take care of the early class morning just because I'm that's my training time and that's the only time I can do it. And yeah. Um, I do have another jobs. It's impossible to survive only with a gym. For now, at least. Mm. Um, well, great so far. Kind of, you know, walk us through a little bit of, you know, as your gym starts to grow, how is marketing going to change for you? Um, do you feel like you're going to have to implement, you know, something that's going to reach more people on a broader scale or you know, more like a local roots kind of marketing? I think it's more like a local roots marketing. And Houston is a huge city, and Katy is a huge city as well. So we do have a large population that I could reach if needed to be. I just need to be more consistent with my message and just continuously remind people who we are and what we do. I don't foresee anything extraneous marketing-wise happening to me. Uh, yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, so currently right now with your, your member base, you know, the, the 25 to 30 ish people that you have, what's, what's kind of like your accountability look like for them? How are you holding them accountable to where they're showing up? They're, you know, working on their goals. They're staying loyal to your gym. Right. Um, well, the ones that are there, I know they're pretty loyal and they're really committed to their fitness. So that's not, not even a question on my mind, but I do try to make them feel that we are working towards a goal all the time. Um, I don't think, um, I don't think it's possible that they can continue to be there if this is not something that they feel that they have a goal that they're working towards. 
it gets a little bit boring sometimes, you know, and um, people sometimes want to try different things. So my best way to keep them engaged is just constantly monitoring their weight. Um, we're talking about goals, like how, you know, where do you want to be? What's your, uh, what kind of techniques you want to work on? Um, yeah, you're basically engaging with them and um, making sure that I'm fulfilling their goals and that I'm helping them to get there. But part of that also has to do with the email communication. I do have weekly announcements. And on my emails, I send them the message that it is necessary for them to be at the gym if they want to see any progress. So that's the best way to make them accountable because I can only do so much, but they also have to do their part. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. You got to hold them accountable to uh, actually do the work that you set out to be. Um, so, you know, going back to like those goals, you know, you said you eventually, you know, whatever that time frame might look like, you know, want to be in the gym full time. Is that right? I'm sorry. I didn't get your question. Say it again. Yeah, I said, so, you know, kind of going back to like your goals, you said, you know, you eventually would like to be in the gym full time. Is that right? Yeah, that would be ideal. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, so hypothetically throwing it out there, you know, say you get to, you know, 100 members, 150 members, you know, per space permitting and everything, you know, what does that look like for you in the future, you know, with your, you know, other businesses and things like that? Um, you know, is that something where you start to pull back or, you know, what, what does that look like for your future? I do. I want to keep the gym as long as I can. I think it's an essential part of my life and my health and my mental health. And I do see how this also impacts other people. Um, I don't necessarily want to be at the gym all the time, 100%. Uh, of course, I'm overseeing the operations of it and I do want to be as much involved as I can, but not necessarily teaching every single class. Um, I do have the goal that some people are going to become full-time helpers or partners at the gym. And with that, that would be more than enough. My boutique, my little gym is just a simple, small boutique. And I plan to continue to stay that way. I don't want to branch out. I don't want to have any franchise. I don't want to make it any bigger. This is good enough as it is. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, little, little more membership, a little more revenue. I never heard anybody when it comes to, uh, you know, getting, getting to certain things, stuff like that. Um, fitnesses. Yes you know, a way of life for a lot of people. And, you know, the more people can reach the, you know, the, the better to strive everybody. And that's my um, whole uh, objective of owning the gym and being part of it is literally helping other people to become healthier and more confident about their physique and their age 
and their capacities. And if we get every now and then a super athlete, that is almost like a bonus because they push a little bit of a competition on your body and wanting to become better and teaching everybody else what better looks like, but it's not the ultimate goal. Yeah. I always said in classes, you know, if you can instill something in somebody or if you can inspire them to carry on outside of fitness, you know, for themselves to be better than, you know, you're, you're doing something. Absolutely. Cool. Well, Hamela, um, last couple of things here. Um, you know, do you, you know, you, you said you don't, you don't foresee, like you don't want to branch out too much, but you want to kind of get back to a sustaining point where, you know, the gym is, is running on its own. You know, are you long-term going to continue to be like the operational, like payroll, that type of person, and then have like, like a, a general manager, a studio manager, and then you're kind of like behind the scenes. Is that what I'm hearing? Right. I do want to do the operation side of it. Um, believe it or not, it's, it's not as complicated, especially when you have a small gym. So if you have all the right processes in place and you have an accountant and you can pretty much, um, how do you call it? Do technology around the board. I think it's super helpful. If you can automize the payment, the email, I mean, the CRM that I use is fantastic. And I think I want to keep it with it because it does save me a lot of time. It saved me a lot of <laughs> collections of money. Um, mm -hmm. It's great. So if you can get those things in place, I don't think it will be that difficult for me to continue to do the operation. So I need more help with the coaching side instead of the business management of it. I think I am good at it. What was that last part? You said you're good at the business side of things. I think I'm, I'm more efficient at the business management side of it than the actual coaching itself. Yeah, and when you say coaching, is that just like actually like coaching the classes or coaching other coaches to run the classes? coaching the classes and coaching the other the coaches as well. So I made just a little more direction on like, you know, how to always improve and, you know, kind of give back to the people that are there under you. Definitely. Awesome. Um, well, Hamela, last couple things here. If there was somebody that was looking to start their own fitness business, you know, whether they, purchase it from a previous owner or, you know, they're starting from the ground up, what kind of, you know, words of advice would you give somebody that's looking to start on their own? First and foremost, you need to love what you're going to be doing. In essence, um, you need to have a little bit of an interest or passion or desire to want to be there because at the beginning, it's not going to be easy. Um, whether you inherit some of the clients or not, you got to be able to put the work on it and meaning rolling up at the sleeves and getting to work. And I did that um, actually because I've been an athlete all these years. So I've been able to learn the techniques and then get it certified and then teach it on my own way. But um, first, obviously to become passionate about what you're doing because otherwise you're gonna lose your interest in the first year when you see that things are not as easy as may look like. Second, I will say get systems in place. Uh, technology is an amazing tool. 
uh, CRMs that do billing and membership registration and class registration and uh, signups and all of the good stuff is, is a necessary thing to do at the gym. Third, find coaches or people that want to uh, support your vision, what you wanted to do. And four, um, just be engaged with your clients and help them to understand what they're doing. You're, you're a leader, so you're leading them into uh, what they know is good for them already, but they need some kind of reinforcement. So just keep on that front. Well said, well said. Um, last piece here is we always like to give back um, or give you a chance to give back. So, you know, if there's anybody out there listening that's in, you know, the Katy, Texas area or anything like that, you know, how can um, people listening reach your facility? How can they check it out? They can contact us through my phone, Instagram. They can drive by. We are very good located on um, Barker Cypress and with a little jork uh, to whomever that may know where that is. Otherwise, we do have a Facebook and a website. And what, what are those um, Facebook and website names so that they can kind of, you know, research it? Okay, so uh, CrossFit Crossover, it is our main name on Instagram. That's what we go by. And uh, that fits also Facebook. Um, the website was built up a little bit earlier um, when I acquired the place. It's not fully polished, but um, it is but bodies by cross bodies by crossover dot com. Um, I will have to double check on that. I don't even remember that. But it's on our website. It's on our Instagram. I mean, it's on our Instagram and on our Facebook. So um, it will be easy to get there. Awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, for everybody out there listening, if you want to check out um, Amela's place, feel free to do so. Check her out online. Stop by. Um, if this story inspired you or, you know, anybody out there that wants to hop on and share their perspective on the industry, feel free to click on the link below, type in your info, and we'll be in touch. But until then, y'all, that's been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords, out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.